Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. everybody welcome to bitches on comics it's wednesday again here we are and my name is sarah century i am here with my co-host <laughs> hello and i'm se felinor we're so happy to have you all here listeners you're such bright lights in our lives and we're really excited to have one of our favorite people in the entire world back with us again monica estrella negra how you doing i'm great how are you two you know, living the dream. I like that we pretend that we haven't been talking for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Mm. Um, amazing. Monica, tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days. I know that you just had a short film come out. And then also make sure and let people know where they can find you on social. Right. So I am a horror filmmaker. And I recently just released my, well, I guess it's a part of my Vengeance anthology, a short called Bathory High Dice, of which you can get access to via my Patreon of the same name, Monica Estrella Negra. And I've been working on my other film, Bitten a Tragedy, for it seems like almost four years. But that is the plight of filmmaking, is that some things just take time. But I'm hoping to have that out soon in the coming months. If you want to find me, you can find me lurking on Twitter from time to time at NegraMonica1, or you can find me on Instagram at Audrey's.Revenge.com film amazing it's always so fun to have you back um we had you on twice in february to talk about strangers in paradise and then what else did we talk about i don't even remember harley harley oh my gosh of course the jewishness of harley yeah that was such a wonderful conversation and then of course we had you join us on Patreon last December when you joined us to talk about Happiest Season. And then again in April, you joined us to talk about Ammonite. So we're just like, you know, queer cinema bringing you in because we love you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I love talking to y'all. Oh, stop it. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, very excited. Today we're going to talk about a character that I know Monica loves, that I love. Sarah, I don't know if you would describe yourself as loving this person, um, but you certainly can appreciate the, the Merc with a Mouth, Deadpool one, Wade Wilson. Our favorite Canadian. So do you love him? Well, I mean, I feel like you're really putting me on the spot with that. Because <laughs> I'm like, do you love him? I want it on the record. <laughs> this sounds like Deadpool asking me. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? I know two Deadpools. You two both <laughs> love Deadpool so much. In many ways, I love Deadpool. If I were hanging out with Deadpool, I would do be what dead. I could to get away from him, <laughs> I guess. Um, be dead is a number one. Yeah, maybe um, could, maybe flee. Sometimes he shows kindness. But um, <laughs> oh my I guess gosh. we'll have to find out. But <laughs> One time I was texting Sarah. We were talking about Deadpool. And I was like, you know, Deadpool is just always doing his best. And Sarah was like, that is a lie. Deadpool is always... <laughs> Is doing his worst. And I was like, I actually think it's both at the same time. Right. His worst is his best, right? Yes. It's like it's like I like Deadpool stories so much. And I've been reading this guy forever. Like I know this guy from like literally reading his first appearances in like X-Force whenever I was, you know, 10 or something. And he was a lot less cool back then, I'll say that. Um, He definitely (laughs) has gone on a trajectory. He's a lot more fun now, which I appreciate. Obviously, you know, he's great in the movies. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I do love Deadpool. I think I do. (laughs) I don't want to tell him that I love him. Think is the key word here. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he would would be really hurt by that. I don't know. It'd just be like, you know, sometimes... We do bad things, but ultimately our heart was in the good place at the time where we did it. But, you know, some things just don't work out. 
That's nice. Yeah. And then Sarah's here just to judge and like <laughs> not accept. I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, we all have a hard life. Get over it. Deadpool's just like, yo, I don't have any skin. And I'm just like, yeah, metaphorically me neither. Like <laughs> basically it just turned into a battle of the wits. Like that's my relationship with Deadpool. That's real. I love it. Monica, when did you first start reading Deadpool? I must admit that probably when the movie came out all those years ago, when Marvel started making their movies, I was very hesitant because I was just like, okay, so I see that they're borrowing from like comic book material, whatever. But we all know that like when source material is any type of publication and made into a film that you should always go back to the source material and figure out what they changed and what they standardized in order for mass consumption. So I was actually, (laughs) it's actually a really funny story. Um, Baby's first Deadpool was one of the first ones that I found. And it was very bizarre to me because it's like, (laughs) it's actually like a a nursery rhyme book. So it was kind of like this really like deranged, like sense of humor. And, you know, because it was called Baby's first Deadpool, I was like, oh, maybe this would be a really good introduction into like his character. And it was the complete opposite. And I was like, this is nothing like what they were trying to sell me with this movie. What is going on? So yeah, that was my first entry point into that. And then eventually I ended up reading The Return of the Living Deadpool, oh, me being so a horror funny. aficionado and loving George A. Romero. I was like, this is pretty sick because it makes sense, right? Like Deadpool is technically a zombie. He doesn't mm-hmm. die. And I was just like, wow, like this could be like a really good gateway for Marvel to get their feet wet with like or like comics, you know, and it's so well done. And I love like the imagery and it's perfectly gory. And it's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, and then Deadpool kills Marvel too. That's also really good. (laughs) But also because, you know, I'm just petty and I'm just like, wow, you're actually just gonna go and murder all of these fan favorites like i i love a good high level troll like that i don't know there's a I few really people it. who do it they have a punisher kills the marvel universe i believe that there's a cosmic ghostwriter kills the marvel universe a, a cosmic ghostwriter okay. cosmic ghostwriter who is frank castle from an alternate universe boom, who boom, was boom. killed by thanos and ended up in hell he makes a deal with mephisto to become a cosmic ghostwriter to hold thanos accountable for his crimes. You said it like you were reading something, and I know in my heart of hearts <laughs> that was off the cuff. <laughs> yep. Pure you talent. Ghost, you you just you just love Ghostwriter. I love Ghostwriter that much and how <laughs> ridiculous it is. Also, Cosmic Ghostwriter fights a giant space shark, and I love that. Anyway, <laughs> 10 out of 10. No notes. <laughs> See, no if notes. you like Deadpool, you should read Cosmic Ghostwriter because it's completely ridiculous. Um, but I digress. <laughs> I'm, I'm sold by the space shark. I'm like, oh, that sounds so pretty sick, actually. It rules. Hmm. <laughs> Madness. Wow. I love it. <laughs> Um, Actually, Monica, I got into Deadpool around the same time. Actually, my whole entree into comics is from TV and and film. And so I was really into the X-Men movie when it came out. I don't even know how old I was. Like, what year was that? Okay. 2000. 2000. So I was 14. And I was like, what is happening? What is this this movie? Why have I not only been watching movies (laughs) like this? What am I doing with my life? And I think the first one is still decently solid. Yes, there's some character changes that you're like, why? And yes, it was created by a very bad person, um, which is just like, fuck you, Brian Singer, but whatever. Um, but it uh, it really got me in. So I started reading comics a couple years before the Deadpool movie came out because I was like still clinging to that 14-year-old self. And I was like, I cannot stop thinking about the X-Men. Like, I think I need to do something with this energy. Mm-hmm. But then my partner gave me a bunch of comics because the Deadpool movie came out. The first one came out on Valentine's Day. And my partner was like, oh, here's your Valentine's Day present. I got you a ton of comics and we're going to go see the Deadpool movie. And I didn't know much about Deadpool, but also an article came out around that time that was about how Deadpool was pansexual. And in the comics, you know, there's, there's different debates about that creators, but we don't have to listen to them. They're not the boss of me. And I was just like, oh my God, I love this tragic clown. Like, I love that 
gif that's Deadpool outside the X mansion and it's from Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool and he's like doing his fake laugh and he's like fake laughing to hide real pain is like the description <laughs> of it and I was like that is Deadpool like <laughs> he's content. so great mm-hmm. um what did you guys think of the movies I love the movies I think that they're really good I think they're good too except for the second one when they fridge Vanessa yeah whatever. don't fridge Vanessa that's a thing also they were like We didn't even know that fridging was a thing. And it's like, but you know so much pop culture in this movie. Like, you didn't even know Gail Simone talking about fridging. That's not true. And wrote Deadpool. So my roommate actually uh, rented the Once Upon a Deadpool, the PG-13 cut of it with Fred Savage. Have you seen Mm -hmm. that? I have. I actually think it's a damn delight. I think it's good, too. Um, But they actually talked about that. Like, Fred Savage was just like, oh, my God, you fridged Vanessa? in that part and I was just like oh my god we are not the only ones I don't know how nerdy we should be but then again the podcast is called bitches on comics so here I am so actually (laughs) that film was made because adult audiences were like kids are going to see this like what are you doing Mm -hmm. and like there were tons of kids when I went and saw it I was like hey high fives because I'm not their parent. I don't care what they do. <laughs> so people were like, hey, Ryan Reynolds, we want to make this other cut of this film. And he was like, hell no. I don't want to do that. Deadpool's supposed to be R-rated. But then they were like, money, money, money. And he was like, well, I do like money. <laughs> and then he made them agree that for every ticket sold, they were going to give a dollar, I believe, to the Fuck Cancer Foundation. And so it's just like an interesting behind the scenes. So the Fred Savage parts and the Deadpool parts are actually filmed after all the controversy around the fridging came out. So that's why they reference it. Oh. Booyah. I'm well, such well, a nerd. Well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. I so can't much. believe you fridged Vanessa. So um, offensive. But in all fairness, the comics do not treat her better. That is for sure. I would love to see her get to come back on Krakoa. That'd be sick. Yeah, about damn time. She's one of, like, you know, a, a few, like, sex workers that is represented. And, like, she's treated so badly in the comics. And then they make her do, you know, because her skill is basically what Mystique's is, but, like, slightly different. She's copycat. Oh, it's bad, bad, bad. She's like manipulating Wade for a while, pretending to be someone else. Mm-mm, don't like it. Want better for her. Mm-hmm. Want her back in Krakoa. I completely agree. Yeah, I was about to say the reason why I latched onto her character was because of the first movie, because there was a mention. I mean, like she was a sex worker, but they didn't treat her as if she was not deserving of like being in a loving relationship. But mm-hmm. also it wasn't like a factor into why she was in a loving relationship. Right? Like it was just a normal job. And I was like, holy shit, I've never seen that in the movie before. Like there's always condemnation on the woman that like, you know, yeah, does that. Like, there was like no slander. And I was like, that was actually a smooth move, y'all. I really appreciate that. So agree. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I love the way Deadpool reacts in that in that when he or Wade, I guess at the time, reacts when he finds out. He's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like, how much would it cost to spend some time together? And there's, like, no way they won't bring her back for the third movie, right? Oh, yeah. She came back at the end. Well, she comes back at the end of the the second one. They'll bring her back as in she'll, like, be in it. (laughs) Oh, 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 I see. I see. Yes, yes. And it's Marina Baccarin. That's that's who plays uh, Vanessa. And Yeah, I think she rules in that role. Like, Mm -hmm. so fun. I love, like, I love all the different haircuts she has, you know, in the montage. I thought the montage was incredibly clever in the film. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I just liked it all. Yeah, so like the Deadpool from the comics. Yeah, I I was like you, Monica, where I was like, I was consuming them at the same time. And I kind of like the just like the weirdness between adaptations. A, I love movies. So of course, I want to see all my comics adapted into movies. (laughs) Like, that's so fun. And B, like, I just I love the way that they can highlight the best of one another. You know, like, I think the film brings out and, and I think we've seen that in the comics that have come out since then. So much of, of Deadpool's, is it heart of gold? I don't know if that's the right way to refer to it. Like heart of needing money, but also wanting to be nice to people who get hurt by other people. Yeah, it's like he just doesn't like bullies. And like that's understandable yes. because in the comics or even in the movies as well, he spends tons of time without any personal autonomy and so watching people be taken advantage of unless they're people where he's like i don't give a shit the guy is a billionaire i don't even care 
then like he'll at least do something about it or like give them the means to do something about it. I think is like more his style. He's not really like, I'll save you, but sometimes. Yeah. And I think Deadpool is like a really fun adversary. Some of the comics that Monica had recommended, and I, I think Sarah, you too recommended that I read were uh, Black Panther versus Deadpool, which I thought was a masterpiece. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so, so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> Two characters who just cannot like each other, right? Like, there's no world in which T'Challa's going to be like, Wade, you're all right. But he kind of, he laughs at one of Wade's jokes, and that's like the closest he'll ever get, you know? <laughs> like, and then also it was Deadpool versus Carnage, and that one was super fun. Because mm-hmm. Deadpool reading those two together sort of explains exactly where he lies on the continuum of, like, villain to hero. He is, you know, neither and both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I I think that is... It's funny to see him fight Carnage, right? Because he's not holding back. He's like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm using my... And this, these are his words, not mine. I'm using my craziness to, like, track Carnage because I'm on his crazy level. And then, you know, with, with <laughs> T'Challa, he's, like, trying to do the right thing and, like save this guy who got almost got killed by collateral damage when Deadpool was, of course, doing, you know, maximum damage. And <laughs> it's just so funny to see him interact with someone so... Stoic. Regal, stoic, thoughtful. <laughs> Deadpool's not thoughtful. Deadpool is in 100% reaction mode at all times. <laughs> I know, and that's why T'Challa gets so annoyed. And especially when, like, Deadpool's like, you know we're going to end up working together, so I don't even know why you're resisting, like, me being here. And then it actually happens, and T'Challa's just like, God damn it, like, why? <laughs> how did you even get here? I think that's, like, the the <laughs> MO Deadpool. It's just like, how are you even here? Like, you just show up in places, and you just, like, are chaotic. Like, we've all had that one friend. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we've all been that one I friend. I am I like, that one is friend. That me? <laughs> is I'm this like, why that's Deadpool? actually me. Yeah, that's actually me. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I love all of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> and your friends love you. It's part of the appeal, right? I think another part of Deadpool that I find really fascinating, and I obviously want to hear what you all think, is one of my favorite runs, which is Deadpool. They're all called Deadpool because <laughs> comics are jerks. <laughs> so Deadpool 2012, written by Jerry Dugan and Brian Posen, art by Tony Moore, who just like destroys it, colors by Val Staples. These stories are, to me, I think, they really get at the heart of, like, the contradictions that Deadpool embodies. So in these comics, we find out, like, Captain America actually thinks pretty highly of Deadpool. And everyone's like, what the fuck, Cap? (laughs) This guy's an ass. And, like, Wolverine, despite having a very tumultuous relationship that obviously we have to get into— with Deadpool, he also has like some respect for him that you just, you weren't expecting when you see it, especially in this run. But then like Black Widow is like, I would just kill him in a second. If anyone <laughs> let me, I would murder Deadpool right now. And everyone's like, well, we've tried. And she's like, I could figure it out. I would be on it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love if that. anybody you know? can kill Deadpool, it's Natasha. <laughs> exactly. And he has such a crush on her and she's just like, go away. Yeah, she's used to that. But then, like, one time his head gets cut off and she actually sews it back on for him because she feels pity. So does she hate him as much as we think? Um, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. dun. For sure she does. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? She's like, Just because I sewed your head back on doesn't mean I'm not going to cut it off again. <laughs> Beware. But yeah, I, I mean, what are the, the attributes of, of the old Wade Wilson that stand out to y'all? I sense that Wade is just the person that wants to do the good thing, but it's just incapable of doing it without causing any chaos around it. Like, he's just a chaotic personality, and I still believe that he's just, like, a Gemini, too. Has that been proven? Is he a Gemini? Has it been proven? <laughs> there has to be, like, a comics, like, astrology, like, page someplace. Um, For real, though, Deadpool has to be. He was born November 22nd. So. Oh, so they're trying to say Sagittarius. A Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarius Scorpio Casprey is like the 22nd. Okay, so totally chaotic, tries to do the best thing, but has like, well, I wouldn't say that he has no concept of what right is wrong. I just think that he has like uh, this kind of egocentric thing of being like, will it be the best thing to benefit me? But in 
certain stories, that's like his challenge, right? Like, can you care about anybody else except for yourself? Like, we know that you like are in survival mode and like your job is just to like execute people, blah, 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 blah. So like constantly you're always looking out for your ass. But the concept that you can never die switches up like that entorial, like that entire moral compass. Like you have to do something with like that immortality. So are you going to do it by like annoying everybody or are you actually going to help people? And I think he's trying to balance that out of being able to annoy people and also help them. But he also fucks it up a lot. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that he is always telling people the truth and even though mm-hmm. he's joking, he's always being like, here's kind of what sucks about you a little bit or something mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. I like the fact that he does it in a way that people honestly do take heed of fairly regularly, which is kind of surprising considering the fact that, yeah, he's like a total clown, you know, and then all of a sudden people are like, wait, did that clown say something <laughs> like meaningful? As he's like bouncing away and like shooting, your um, <laughs> like bouncing is such a good description. <laughs> Do I need to actually examine my actions? Me as like a hero who has been a hero for my whole life and just never questions if if I'm right or wrong, really, because I always assume I'm right. And then mm-hmm. I think that Deadpool's the one who's just like. Are you, though? Because, like, I went through all this stuff and, like, here's how I felt. Like, I didn't feel like anybody was looking out for me. And, like, that's kind of how I like Deadpool because, you know, that's the thing is is that he's super funny. And we always like that he's so funny. But also I just like the fact that he's using his humor to tell people the truth. And mm-hmm. I like that the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, when you described him as bouncing, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> he and Harley do have a lot in common. The bouncing. And they're the I same, think they yeah. would hate each other. <laughs> oh, because how could the world survive, essentially, if there was, like, those two? I don't even know if they would know. Like, they'd just be like, I feel compelled to start shooting. And then they'd be like, let's just shoot at each other a bunch. I've got a baseball bat. I've got a baseball bat. Let's have a bat fight. <laughs> gonna write a fanfic about this um, oh my god <laughs> that'd be the cutest actually but also isn't like red tool kind of like a dc equivalent of deadpool <laughs> yeah 100 also isn't a deathstroke deathstroke was created way before deadpool but in his, no i mean in- i meant deadpool was a take on deathstroke sorry yeah, in the early days, he's essentially has like the same costume almost. It's like mm-hmm. a Spider-Man meets Deathstroke. And he's a lot less fun in those early days, just like Deathstroke. Yeah, but time passes. And then they were like, <laughs> let's just like Joe Kelly took that book and people were like, we do not give a shit what happens to that character. Get him out of a face. And like, he's kind of <laughs> popular. He looks cool. Give him a personality. Maybe. I don't know. It's like his third series, you know, because like he went through those first two miniseries just being like an assassin who like talks all of the time, but isn't that funny. Right. And then by the time it's like third series, it's like Joe Kelly being like, all right, well, let's do it this way. And like kind of jumps in. And that's when we start seeing Deadpool actually be a little bit funnier. And a bunch of real goofy stories happen in that run. Like that's where like T-Ray comes in. And I'm like, oh, T-Ray, oh, you're so boring. Which is, I guess, more or less Deadpool's reaction to But yeah, yeah, totally. Those first ones were boring. Um, And he was a lot like Deathstroke, who is boring and annoying. Yeah. And and Sarah, you wrote this great article called The Strange Loves of Deadpool. Because Deadpool has so (laughs) many relationships. And you're like, what? There was the crush that he has on Siren. And I feel like Siren was just going through a lot at that time and was like, I guess, but like (laughs) was kind of just going through stuff and was making a series of bad romantic (laughs) decisions, it seems like. I mean, after that, she dated like multiple men, didn't she? And it was like before that, she dated James Proudstar, who was like, I will do anything for you. So I feel like she was just in a weird place. And it was kind of this weird, unrequited, like, oh, how could that girl ever go for a guy like me kind of thing, which I, like, don't love it when Deadpool, like, rolls into that territory. But he does spend a lot of time there, right? I wrote about his, like, romance with Cable, which is, like, definitely between the scene, like, (laughs) kind of, like, subtext. But I think that we would all be happier. I know that they would be happier. 
A lot but, of dreams with lotion is all I'm saying. A lot of dreams with oh. not much clothes and a lot of mm. lotion. Mm. <laughs> it's, it was hinted at like one time and I'm like, they're in love. And <laughs> married Satana for a second, which was really funny. I love Satana. I think that she's literally like one of the most underrated characters that Marvel has. They tried to do something with her in that new Hellstrom series. The actor was great, but it just didn't work because that mm-hmm. series was not great. Um, so I'm afraid that we're just not going to see her again. But I I enjoyed whenever it was just a bunch of nerds that like wanted her to like marry them. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> so like she like goes and finds Deadpool and she's like, I'm going to hire you because I cannot go through with this. This is terrible. But yeah. And then he was married another time, right? He was married to Shikla. And That's Shikla right. is like queen of the monsters, I believe, mm-hmm. is her her moniker. Yeah, Sarah and I basically, I feel like we just had a really long conversation about Deadpool through articles there for a while. <laughs> just yeah. like write it and then be like, oh yeah, now that inspired me to write this. And I wrote about how, you know, Deadpool is pan and people have a problem with that, but that's their problem, not mine. And one of the evidences is like, Shikla, yeah, she uses she, her, but like her main form is a giant purple demon with like a 12 pack. Mm-hmm. And this is not the only time with Deadpool. <laughs> and Deadpool has said, I kind of like that form the best. All I'm saying, people, is... People aren't what you think they are. And uh, yeah, I, I love his relationship with Shikla. He actually ends up having a daughter with Shikla. Um, mm-hmm. We don't find out about it until Deadpool 2099. Because he also has a daughter with Carmelita Camacho. And her yeah. name is Eleanor Camacho. She's called Ellie commonly. And both of them become Deadpool in the year 2099. And then they like, there's like a big battle. and But Deadpool's still alive, right? Because he can't fucking die. Mm-hmm. So he's got like this raggedy long, like white beard. And he's like very thin. And he's like, don't fight. <laughs> the whole thing is just so cute. Because like his half demon daughter is very powerful and cool. Ellie, who has been raised by an LMD and is also like, you know, partially Deadpool is super cool. I really like Deadpool 2099. I think it's like so wild and fun. And yeah, I mean, you think about the the like constellation of people around Deadpool mm-hmm. and they're all terrible things happen to them. It's like, don't be close to Deadpool if you can help it. Yeah, but he avoid. figures that out. And he's like, I actually can't raise my child because she will get killed if she's with me. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the whole like, when Cap said Hail Hydra, like that storyline, which I can never remember what it is, but like Stevel Rogers, like Stevel Rogers tells Deadpool that he has to kill Coulson. And Deadpool's like, I don't, should we kill Coulson? And Stevel is like, I'm Captain America. And he's like, well, if you can't trust Cap, who can you trust? And so he kills Coulson. And that like has a whole bunch of far reaching ramifications, including Ellie going and living with uh, the life model decoy I mentioned, who mm-hmm. is Agent Preston, who I love, but is treated horribly in the comics. So that is uh, another disappointment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So another person that Deadpool was romantically involved with is death, literal death. Oh, That's cool. Death, Actual right? Death. 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 Yes. So there's a whole story, right, where, like, he falls in love with death. And, like, I mean, could you be more a misfit song? He is Dan zigging it out and falls in love with good old death, uh, who also has a boyfriend. Just kidding. She's constantly, like, leaving that guy's messages on red. But, like, they knows, right? So there's a series <laughs> that's called... Leaving fucking, his messages unread, you just fucking destroyed me. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it, right? Like, all of the time you see Thanos being like, I will do anything for you, death. And she's like, yeah, go ahead, do it. <laughs> <laughs> he is in, like, Thanos is in a love triangle that he is very upset about. <laughs> that's it. He's totally... Yeah, do you remember in, like, Batman where it was, like, Rachel, Harvey, and Batman, and Bruce, like, the whole time is just like well, this is quite a love triangle, even though they're, like, going off to get married. I know, right? <laughs> that's, how, that's how famous it is. Uh, just refuses to take the L, you know what I mean? Like, he won't. Oh. He's like, yeah, we were in love. Like, it's all eight years later. Anne Hathaway <laughs> is, like, in front of you in a cat suit, and you're still like, that was, like, the greatest love of my life. 
so corny. That's Anne Hathaway in a, a cat suit. I would leave all of my memories. <laughs> I saw Sarah yesterday. She pretended like she didn't know me. I wonder what happened. I'm married to Anne Hathaway Catwoman now. So, <laughs> best part of the movie, but I digress. There is <laughs> that series that's like Thanos versus Deadpool, where like they have to like team up and work together, and the whole time, like Thanos is really mad. Um. <laughs> I love that death is like into Deadpool in part because she's like I cannot kill you and this you is rules. yeah like, that's so cute <laughs> like that's like when you write a book and you're like I created this character and their power balances out this per- this other character's power like obviously they're going to be together it feels like Deadpool and death were like, created for each other that, in mm-hmm. that sense you know like mm-hmm. it's so cute I really really like it he does leave death at the end because, I know right? And like, because he's just like, I don't love death. I love life. <laughs> and <starts> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's like a really bad SNL skit. It really it's does. so funny. I love it. And then the whole time, of course, Thanos is glowering. And do you know why? Because death still is not going to reply to your messages, Thanos. Doesn't matter if Deadpool's there or not. You didn't need to be mad at him. It's you. (laughs) It's you. So anyway, I like that one. I like the Gambit and Deadpool series because they're both complete scumbags. And for some reason, I like them together. They're like adorable together. They're like two characters that definitely wander into some misogynistic territory. But in the verses, they're like... It's like a buddy cop. Like, it's so yeah. cute. The whole mm. thing is just like them being like, let's solve some crimes and <laughs> help some people. <laughs> Everything I don't like about both of them is like gone. I generally like Deadpool way more than I like Gambit. Gambit gets on my nerves. But like, not so much now that he's a wife guy. That was like the future I wanted. This is the future liberals want. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the switch that flipped for you. It was like Mr. and Mrs. X. You were like, I'm in now. <laughs> oh, man. It was whenever um, <laughs> whenever Kitty and Colossus are on the, oh are, they're God. at the altar and she phases oh, through the rings because she doesn't want to marry him. And it's my favorite gayest moment of Kate ever. But like also whenever right after that happens, Gambit's like, Let's not let a wedding go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> Love a bitch who loves a deal. They just pop up and get married because like, oh, well, I guess they're not getting married. Maybe we should. And so and Gambit and Rogue get married and then they become Mr. and Mrs. X and that ruled. Wow. That's so funny. Wow. But I see their point. I see their point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we got the caterer here. Let's go. Why let it go um, waste, you know? It's already paid for. Like, everybody's yeah. going to get a happy ending, right? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, it, they're so much cuter together. It just works way, way better. And I feel almost the same about Deadpool and Gambit, where I'm like, you're just cuter together. <laughs> I like that. I love the Kelly Thompson run. That's been really fun. With the monsters and Monster Island. Monster Island. Oh, yeah. My God. Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, I I would do anything for Elsa Bloodstone. I'm just going to tell you yeah. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's not real, but in my heart she is. And yeah, I love Deadpool just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll be your king. <laughs> like, what? Okay. Deadpool, you're really bad at everything except killing people. Okay, but don't tell him that. Like, <laughs> you have to, like, yeah. believe in him a little bit. I don't know. You know. What, you wouldn't try? You wouldn't want to be a, a monarch for a day? Did you just Did you just slam your hand on the Yes, table? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys being so mean? <laughs> I love Deadpool with my entire soul. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I am, and I know who he is because I know who I am. Let's just say, like, being a monarch doesn't go great. It's like being a <laughs> wife guy, not his— He tries to be Shikla's wife guy. He really does. Mm-hmm. He, like, mm. commits to the role. He's like, I am going to be number two to this queen of monsters. Like, she is so incredible. I'm fine with it. And, like, you know, I think they had some great sex. He, They basically both talk about, like, that's the only reason they're together. And I like that for them. 
Yeah, he's not a wife guy though. And so he's he's not a monarch either. <laughs> he is he's a ball of chaos, like you described him, and that is very fun because it's a comic and I don't live with him IRL. <laughs> True. Yeah, that'd be a different story, wouldn't it? I'm also making yeah. fun of myself, honestly. Um, so that's how it feels a little bit, but you kind of have to make fun of Deadpool a little bit, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Deadpool mm-hmm. makes fun of Deadpool every time he talks. So that's true. It's contagious. Which is also just a part of his ability to mask his own insecurities. Because I think he's also mm-hmm. a deeply insecure like character. Um, 100%. And that's one of the reasons why he projects so much. And he actually legitimately gets his feelings hurt from time to time when people call him annoying and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, yeah. I think one of the things that hurts him the most is when people make fun of his, like, skin or, like, his smell. And he's gotten, like, good at deflecting on it, but, like, that breaks my heart. Because he's like, what do you want from me? This is just, like, this is my mutation. Sorry, I didn't get a sexy one. Like, yeah, (laughs) not my call. So I can't remember who ostensibly, like, saves the day in Secret Wars. Is it, like, the Fantastic Four... Is Pretty that, much. I mean, yeah. it's like the all of the crew, right? Like everybody. Yeah. Oh, right. In there. You're right. It's we a got big, some like, T'Challa. Like yes. we got like all the yes. crew. Yes. Some X Men up in here. But actually, if Deadpool comics are to be believed, and that is an if that we should talk about as well. If Deadpool's comics are to be believed, Deadpool actually goes in and fools the Super Scroll that was there, and then like unlocks the system that then the group breaks like they weren't going to be able to break in and destroy the ship if it weren't for Deadpool and I haven't read this comic in a bit so I'm like it might not be a ship it might be a building you know Mm -hmm. but you know the superhero scenario and Deadpool is like behind the scenes the reason they can save the day but he gets no credit for even like contributing and even if he's not the one who saves the day which like again not a trustworthy narrator like they couldn't do it without him right like the same way they couldn't do it without T'Challa they couldn't do it without the Fantastic Four they all had to be there to save the day because it's mm-hmm. a team up that's what happens or a crossover I mean yeah I think Deadpool rarely gets credit but then like he's an Avenger but then everyone afterwards is like you're not an Avenger and he's like I was an Avenger like why does everyone <laughs> keep telling me I'm not an Avenger like are you an Avenger T'Challa and he's like well I was and he's like I was too <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> I, there's something very cute about like Deadpool being like, I am, I'm not even trying to be in your clubs, but I don't want you to pretend I wasn't in your clubs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you needed me. Also, exactly. like in the olden days of the Avengers, there was always like Janet Van Dyne being like, look at Thor. Oh my God, this guy is like <laughs> such a babe. And then like later it's Deadpool who's like, you're so beautiful. Deadpool <laughs> 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 has a big crush on Thor. Like, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm like, embarrassing wow. myself. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, like so nervous. Stop me from talking. Stop me from talking. I shouldn't be talking anymore. And you're like, Deadpool? You love him. And Thor's Love's like, Thor. okay, I don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> Didst thou say a sentence? You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. Yeah, Deadpool. Monica, what else? What else do you think about Deadpool? Um, What? (laughs) What don't I think about Deadpool? (laughs) Um, Well, when. 
the Brian Posehn issues, what I thought relating back to like Thor of <laughs> the opening scene where they are inside of like this weird animal creature that's like tearing down the downtown area before we realize that it's also like a plot by like ghost zombie presidents <laughs> and founding fathers, which was <laughs> wow. I was, yeah. I was just like, um, that's terrifying especially <laughs> coming from like a former city where some of those people are buried it's just like yeah. oh my god this could possibly happen um <laughs> but when thor was just like okay you can't tell anybody about this because they were actually inside of the creature and like deadpool cut through it and the introduction was just deadpool covered in intestines and i was just like this is one of the main reasons why i love this character <laughs> yeah it's just like so, so horror adjacent awesome. yeah i'm just like this is like so great but also just thor being like i don't know you and i just think that's like really <laughs> mean and also like yeah they do it in deadpool 2 when he's with the x-men and they call him the trainee and they make him wear like the vest oh my god <laughs> the x-men are here to help you <laughs> trainee! that shit's so funny <laughs> just like why you can't get your break so that's actually really funny knowing that the avengers also like trolled him that way oh in that gosh. essence i don't know i just feel like deadpool was creative to troll and also be trolled on and you know it works that's such a good way of putting it he's constantly fucking up like the heroic heroes lives like you know showing up in t'challa's house t'challa's like how did you even get in here like what is happening you know just like he just just doing his deadpool thing <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Why? And it's because we love it and we keep buying it. And Deadpool will say that to you. And that's another thing that I just love about Deadpool is breaking that fourth wall. Deadpool loves comics and Deadpool is aware that he is in a comic, which makes him just delightful. And I feel like the the writers who write him best also are just like, I love not just Deadpool, but like the art of making comics. And I love how ridiculous comics are, you know? Mm -hmm. Not to mention all of the like, pop cultural references that Wade spits out, which just proves <laughs> that he's just like a nerd with so uh, homicidal nerd. tendencies. <laughs> Lots of aliens references, like mostly horror references, which is also probably why I'm so like into Deadpool. I think I counted, there was a Tremors reference in uh, <laughs> Return of the Living Deadpool, I believe. And just like, yeah, a crap ton of like aliens references. Like I could just, I'm just like, Wow. We should just have like a xenomorph like show up. Actually, oh my God, that crossover would be sick. Yes, Does it exist? Yes, yes. No, that would be amazing though. Okay. I was thinking Marvel that I want to Monica. Marvel yeah. higher Monica. Let's do it. I would totally do that. That would be sick. Actually, you know what? I'm going to shut up and keep this for a pitch. Yeah, I'm like, don't give that away for free. <laughs> I'm an asshole. Listen up. to this and steal it. I know, right? I like that I just called our listeners assholes. I like you guys. I <laughs> I'm just like, I will find you. Two years from now, if I see that, I'll know. We'll know. <laughs> I was going to share something strange, which is <laughs> Deadpool makes me feel better. When I read Deadpool when I'm having a hard time, almost any appearance, save like, I'm not going to even say the names because I don't like them, save those assholes. It really does alleviate my depression. And that feels like a miracle. <laughs> and I was telling my therapist about it. And she's like, hmm, that is strange. But I like it. Keep going. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Now I read Deadpool when I'm really sad. And it does help. Oh, yeah. I can see that for sure. <sighs> I read ridiculous comics like all of the time because I'm just like, you know what? World is terrible. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, that's what Deadpool is. He is clearly going through a lot of stuff, went through like this horrendous, torturous experience that resulted in his being, but he still finds a way to find the humor in it. And I feel like that's all too relative with how we are coping during this time. Ooh, um, ooh, ooh, psychoanalyze and, me on the air. Yeah, so I think that that's totally legit. I mean, like, that's the reason why people like like horror movies, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the depravity of it kind of takes you into a different headspace. Um, and of course, that varies for different people. But for me, I'm always just like, well, things are bad, but at least there's not like a six foot four guy in my yard with a hockey mask on that's about to like dismember me. So, you know, it could be worse. It could totally at be least, worse. At least. Yes, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one with the hockey mask. I've seen you. It could, it could be worse. 
the listeners must know that whenever Monica was out in the same apartment that I live in, there was <laughs> a day whenever I came back to the house and you were just wearing the Jason mask. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool. It was I very cool. Love this fact. This is so wild. Sometimes uh, I like to wear it while I'm playing Animal Crossing. Like it just makes me feel like somewhat powerful. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking plant some tulips. I'm gonna murder this. <laughs> if you had said right like here. any other game, I would have been like, yes, of course, Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, like you literally just plant things and like have ducks. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. See, this is the thing. You are Deadpool. <laughs> That's exactly what Deadpool exactly would do. Exactly what De- Deadpool loves. Adventure Time, like Deadpool. Yeah. Adventure Time is awesome. Adventure Time is awesome. I, I completely agree. I just feel like you and Deadpool, BFFs for life. <laughs> it's true. I just want to oh time travel God. and hang out with his daughter. I'm like, I want to be friends with Ellie. I have to mention one thing before we go, which is that in all new Wolverine, Deadpool becomes best friends with Gabby, who is the clone of, like, Laura Kinney, who is the clone of Wolverine. Deadpool shows up. He's just like, yeah, well, like, I got all these scars or whatever. And she's like, so do I. And he's like, your scars are delightful. You are delightful. And then they become best friends. And it is the cutest thing I have ever seen in my life. There is no way, I think, to get out of this conversation without being like, at least Deadpool is really cute sometimes. Yes. Extremely, extremely cute. And him and Gabby, come on. Best friends? So cute. He does really like kids. That's a thing that's like an interesting continuation of his character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does not care about animals, which is not a good thing. <laughs> no. Not a great yeah. thing. Deadpool loves the kids. Deadpool's for the kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds, I assume you're listening. Uh, just know you have an open invitation to come on the show and talk Deadpool with us. <laughs> oh, no, you are not invited. <laughs> Sarah, don't ruin this for me. That would be that would be chaotic. I can exactly. hear Sarah now. Actually, I could just see Sarah frowning. Um, <laughs> she would just be like, are you telling me you did not know about Gail Simone? Are you saying on the fucking record that you do not... <laughs> <laughs> He's like is crying. Gail Simone going to be in the next movie? Because if not, then why did you even have Fred Savage talk about it? Ooh. <laughs> oh, Ooh. and we barely talked about any of Gail Simone's runs. I mean, I, I think brilliant. Uh, one of the ones you mentioned, Monica, and we'll link to your article, of course. This is a great list Monica came up with. We'll also find Sarah's Mamine. We'll do a whole thread. One of the comics is Hot Shots, and that's like an all-female team-up and Deadpool. <laughs> and Deadpool. It is so good. Hot oh. Shots is so good. The Gail Simone run where she where he runs into, he like tortures the rhino, essentially. He but. like miniaturizes rhino and then turns him into a keychain. <laughs> yeah, it was just terrible. And the whole time the rhino is like angrily screaming at him and he's like, what's that, buddy? Like, (laughs) it's so ridiculous. And then he hangs out with Dazzler. Oh, that's so fun. Everything about that is so fun. Gail Simone is the master of writing Deadpool for sure. And then I think Colin Bunn was really good too. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been like a few, but that's the thing too. Something I do really like about Deadpool is we all came to the table with different favorite comics. You know, there's like a bunch of really good writers who have worked with Deadpool. There are a couple that I'm like, boo. But yeah. even the ones that I don't love, like some of this, there's there's like a weird phase Deadpool goes through where the art is just not for me. It's just mm-hmm. not for me. I'm like, why do I need Deadpool to have a ten pack? Like he's Deadpool. Like I I don't I don't <laughs> need that personally. You know, like why does he have to be eight thousand feet tall? <laughs> like this feels weird. Uh, I like when he looks weird and kind of like, why is that person so strong? That's my favorite Deadpool. Yeah, like a little bit like gangly. Like that totally works yes. for me whenever it comes to yes. Deadpool. Because of course he would be. Like, come on. Exactly, exactly. But even even the ones I don't love, I there's like something to enjoy in them. Like Deadpool is, if nothing else, a highly entertaining character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Entertaining, problematic, charming. Anything else? Unpredictable. Which Unpredictable. Is chaotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good description. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like, I feel like 
Sarah may actually really like Deadpool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe she's just stingy with the love word. Like, that's cool. That's yeah. here's the thing. I have been reading Deadpool forever. Like, forever. For a really long time. It's like one of the first comics I was buying regularly, for sure. So... I just have a long history, and I've seen Deadpool go in some directions with some yeah. writers where I'm like, I don't love it. But at the same time, I can almost pick up anything. And if I don't love a Deadpool story, I could always just read a Gwynpool story. Oh, Gwynpool. <laughs> yeah, that's a different episode, though. <laughs> yeah, so fun. One of my favorite cameos, actually, from Living Heroes uh, by Steph Williams and mm-hmm. O'Neill Jones. O'Neill Jones draws just, like, the best Deadpool and it's Deadpool being kind of like shocked and he's saying oop and I yeah. I've said like if I ever got a Deadpool tattoo which is a big if uh it would be that it would be O'Neill Jones art because it is just like so funny and so the spirit of who he is so who mm-hmm. get her on a Deadpool book like oh, that would be yeah. amazing mm-hmm. oh yeah that'd be so fun all right, listeners, thanks for joining us. We uh, <laughs> talked a little bit about one of our favorite characters, Deadpool. And you're our favorite people, no question. Today we are talking about Deadpool number one through three. Written by Daniel Way, pencils by Paco Medina, inks by Juan Vlasco, colors by Marte Gracia, and letters by Coy Petit. Yep, that's it. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, this is the 2008 series, which is different from ones that came before and ones that came after. So keep that in mind. And this is the one that has a secret invasion crossover. So dun, dun, dun. it's time to secret invade. What do you think about the crossover overall? Because I enjoy a lot of Secret Invasion. There's a lot of parts I don't love. There's parts that I feel kind of ambivalent towards. Truly, I have run the gamut with my emotions towards this crossover. And I only am super mad that y'all had to try to kill Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, what the fuck? She's dead for five minutes, but like... Still. You just don't know what you have with that character. So Mm. it doesn't surprise me that you keep messing it up. But... You know what? Stop mistreating her. That can be in the background. That can be the the background general vibe of what everything I'm saying. So I'm talking about Deadpool. I'm talking about the scrolls. Just know there is a simmering part of my me thinking about <laughs> Janet Van Dyne this whole time and the injustice. Yes. Anyway. And and I would I would agree with everything you said. Parts I love, parts I hate, parts I'm lukewarm about. Uh, I think it's overall like I think a pretty interesting crossover. It's a pretty interesting event. I love scrolls. I'm not just saying that because I am a scroll. I mean, what? I love scrolls. And I think it's pretty fun to see how they interact with Deadpool. This is definitely the way I got introduced to Secret Invasion is through Deadpool's experience. So I kind of came in at like this sort of climactic almost end point and then, you know, jumped back and read more of it afterwards. So this to me will always be like the heart of Secret Invasion. But it's like, it's Deadpool. It's me. Like, of course, I think Deadpool's everything. I'm like, well, this relates to Deadpool. And people are like, how? And I'm like, it does in my head. So that's how I feel about Deadpool in general. And you know that because this whole episode has been us talking about how much we love Deadpool. Now, I think that the thing about Deadpool, though, too, is it really is the best part of the crossover. I agree. This is where it's the most inventive. It's also the one where we see the most nuance. I know that the scrolls are definitely like a monolithic villain in this for sure. And they always are. Like, don't get me wrong. But I also think that there's like a little bit of sensitivity around it in some scenes, like not the whole time, right? But like (laughs) there's moments where it's like Deadpool doesn't villainize the Skrulls at least in the same way that most of the rest of the Marvel Universe does. Now, there is another situation where... Carol Danvers interacts with a Captain Marvel scroll. Looks like Captain Marvel of old, like the first Captain Marvel that she met years and years and years ago before she even became Miss Marvel. And their interactions were very interesting. And I think that that was one of my favorite parts. But other than that, I would say that this is honestly the most nuanced look at the scrolls. other than in She-Hulk, one of the side characters is a scroll and like all of this stuff. So there's moments, but the Deadpool arc is like, 
Deadpool's an outsider. And so he is going to understand where the scrolls are coming from, at least. And then he sees, like, kind of like their fascistic stuff and is just like, uh uh-uh. uh. Exactly. And that's, that's what I think. I think Deadpool is the perfect character to interact with the scrolls with, like, and a perfect entree point because it's also so funny and, you know, like, has issues, absolutely, but like that's a credit to Daniel Way. Like, I do think he writes a really mean Deadpool in like a good way. I think these issues are fucking hysterical. And and something that is a running theme with Deadpool that if if you're not, you know, I don't I don't think we talked about it in today's episode, is that like people are constantly trying to co-opt his regenerative ability. So we see it happen in a like, you know, a concentration camp in I, I believe North Korea. We see it happen in the scrolls. People are always like, oh, if we could just take this person's regenerative gene and put it into other soldiers, like they would never die. And For a character who, despite all of his hilarious coolness, is, you know, someone who was treated as an object, you know, he was created, crafted as a weapon, as was Wolverine, as was Captain America. He he was in that, you know, even in the same program, Weapon X, even though he got washed out. And for him to really be able to turn on people, like this is very serious for what a goofy set of issues this is, but this is why I love Deadpool. Mm-hmm. He is able to know how people want to use him and use that as a power that he can hold and turn over them. He can take the way people perceive him as like this goofy moron and he can turn that around and be like, sure, yeah, put your defenses right on down. I'm just, I'm just a fool. I'm just a clown in a red suit. Ha 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 ha. And then he's like, oh, right. You didn't think about it, did you? You didn't really think about how my regenerative ability is connected to my cancer, did you? Did ya? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's like pretty amazing. And the way that it all plays out is so funny because it's like all of the, <laughs> all the super scrolls that have Deadpool's fucking genes <laughs> have his sense of humor. And so they're all just like knock, knock and then like shoot each other in the head. So violent. (laughs) Yeah, we should definitely like note that Daniel Way's comics are almost always hyper violent. He has written a ton of violent characters like Deadpool, Wolverine, Origins series, you know. Oh, yeah. Akihiro, I believe, was like introduced in that series. That's kind of like a question mark over that. But yeah, there was just a ton of violence in that one too. Thunderbolts, hugely violent. He excels with that, not quite to the extent that Garth Ennis does or something. So it's Mm. a little bit more palatable for me. And also it's a little bit more character driven. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's hard to have a Deadpool comic that isn't somewhere on the scale above like a five in terms of violence. And, you know, I think Kelly Thompson has shown that like it doesn't have to always be exactly that way. And she's not the only person by any means. It's just what pops to mind. But I like it. I think it, it it serves a purpose here, right? So, like, Deadpool, he shows up and he's like, I want to be a scroll after killing, like, a bunch of their elite units. Very violent. And the scrolls are like, that's ridiculous. It's Deadpool dissect you. And he's like, oh, good. This is fun. I'm not dead. You're just dissecting me. And this <laughs> happens too often. And then they, you know, they use his regenerative ability to create super scrolls. And then... You know, he's like, let me train them. Come on. Like, you know, it's not just my regenerative ability that makes me such an awesome fighter. Let me train them. And then he's like, okay, I need all your super scrolls. All of them. Give me all of your super scrolls that exist They're from the all old. all going to dress like Deadpool. <laughs> all <the> so <laughs> funny. <laughs> like what? That like is in their jeans? They have to dress like Deadpool? It's so ridiculous. So funny. And then, you know, but then, like, that also applies to, like, the, the scrolls that, like, are wearing Thor's outfit. And you're like, why? Because it's comics. <laughs> why not? So then he's like, okay, bring me all your old scrolls, too. Bring me your old, the old super scrolls. The ones that, like, are outdated now because they can't regeneratively heal. And then he's like, all right, we're going to learn how to fight. Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Deadpool super scrolls just, like, destroy all the other super scrolls because they can regenerate. And... The scrolls are like, you know, who are in charge are just watching Deadpool going like, what What are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, well, what'd you think I was going to do? Sit him down and give him a lecture? You learn on the job. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. And like, they're not even aware yet that like Deadpool is playing them. Deadpool is playing the scrolls. And you know what? Respect. He's the only one who could. And he also takes this really funny approach to doing it. I think that 
the very beginning of this, we have him pop off like a mascot, like a baseball team <laughs> mascot mask and just be like, how do you say, oh shit, in scroll? And it's just like so ridiculous. And I think that he just bounces off of them great. Like this whole like three part story is just issue after issue of him being so campy and so silly and definitely kind of getting one over on the scrolls. And, like, to help the heroes. Like, the whole time, he's working for Nick Fury. And I believe I did talk about this in this episode. Like, this is one of those things that is also iconic for me of Deadpool. He's always a little bit more clever than people expect. He's obnoxious. Deadpool's obnoxious. We have to be at peace with that. He is tragic. But then the other pieces, Deadpool does a lot of good shit and never gets the credit for it. Yeah. He only ever gets credit for the things he does wrong. So, you know, he's integral to, to like, stopping the scroll invasion. But, like, nobody talks about that. That's not the person they put on the front of their, like, isn't Norman Osborn? Isn't he who gets credit for, like, stopping the scrolls? Mm-hmm. And it's because he steals something from Deadpool. And mm-hmm. so Deadpool's, like, walking around like, no, I did that. He has a whole thing with Norman going forward. That's like, we don't get into it, but rest assured. Yes. <laughs> the story continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I just really enjoy the way that Deadpool, like you said, both like literally and figuratively bounces off of the scrolls. There's just so much at play. And people who don't understand Deadpool are almost always clowned by him the first time they meet him. What a quality. What a quality. Mm. This is one of those three-parters where it's just like, not too much happens. There's tons of violence. It is so goofy. Like, if you look at, like, the actual plot, you're just like, I'm sorry? (laughs) This is what now? Could you say that one more time? Just take me through it again. (laughs) And yeah, it is really fun to read. And the dialogue is fun. The whole comic is just kind of a mad dash, like, you know, through Deadpool and (laughs) the Skrulls interacting. So if you're looking for something that really just kind of starts you off where, like, Deadpool often is, then uh, this is a great place, you know? Like, I know that Way is on the series for a while, and it's it's pretty great through the whole thing. And I haven't read it in a while, so, like, don't quote me on that, you know, by any stretch, but I do believe that this was one of my favorite Deadpool runs, and I would recommend it. I think that it is definitely the best part of Secret Invasion, as we just said, and, you know, if you wanted to learn what the Secret Invasion was all about, you could pretty much just read these three issues. (laughs) Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. And our our good friends over at Shelf Dust and Shelf Dust Presents, the podcast, if you want to learn more about Secret Invasion, are doing a deep dive. So this is like our little tie-in because we love them and we want to support them. So make sure you're checking out Shelf Dust. Great, great, great writing. Uh, They take comics one issue at a time, which is cool because you really get to deep dive into what something's doing. So much of criticism, you know, you were taking 20, 30 comics issues and being like, so this is this five things. And it's like, well, kind of, because each issue has a lot going on. So I love that about Shelf Dust and Shelf Dust Presents is a very cool podcast. We love them. So make sure you go check them out. Matt actually interviewed you pretty recently, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Matt interviewed me. Matt was surprisingly pro-scroll. I mean, I'm pretty pro-scroll, so I wasn't like against it, but I did notice that it was an interesting aspect of our conversation. Hmm. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. I don't know. So you'll have to go check out that uh, episode. And if it's out by the time this episode is, we will make sure to link to it in the show notes. a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So (laughs) we can't have it spelled out. It is B dot T-C-H-E-S-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And yeah, remember, there's no I'm bitch. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. 
I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read Podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But wait, The excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to Season 1, we are thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make Season 2 even more memorable together.